Hey, so I'm just going to tack this one at the beginning of the episode. This movie, uh, a lot of, a lot of. 9-11 imagery for me, so it may be for you, too. <laughs> so just be aware of that. There's also a lot of threat of sexual violence. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, there's no on-screen sexual assaults, but there is a lot of talk about, uh, so we're going to gang rape these people. So if that's something you're also not comfortable with. Be warned. And skip it. Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Third week of April. Pew, 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 pew. Hey, it's week three. This We are recording this from the past. Yep, back in March. Hopefully the quarantine's over. Almost a full month ago. Hopefully today we're is all still here. Today's like, what, March 22nd? Yeah. We, we're doing this, actually, we're, doing, we're recording this back-to-back with week two's episode of to try and stay ahead mayhem. and also because we're bored yeah we're just trying to get as much done in case you know apocalypse. the apocalypse happens or they'll still of, be podcasting yeah yay you know, it'll be turned into some sort of mad max situation <laughs> welcome to the third week of uh virus virus pandemic and pandemic month uh, <laughs> all right last week was mayhem this week what are we watching 28 days later okay is this the one with the scene in the library at the end? I don't know. Yeah. I think I may have seen this. I think I've seen the end of this. But I think that's about it. Okay. That's weird. That if, if you're I, like, I've seen the when, last... When did this movie come out? Movie. This movie was released in the UK where it was shot November 1st, 2002. It did not come out in America thanks to... You know, us being in the middle of uh, some 9-11 fallout. 9-11, I think... It didn't uh, come out here till June 27th of 2003. Uh, I think we got this back when Netflix was on like a DVD, you know, the DVD subscription. I think that it was something like that. And I just, I came in at the end while... Now there is a 28 Days Later and there's a sequel 28 Weeks Later. No, I think, I, that's why I can only remember the, like, the last little bit. I was a, a wee lass of 20, if it came out in 20, 2003, I was a wee lass of 23. Golly. I would have been math bad. Math bad, Josh. 21, Good. 21? Uh, I would have been, so. I right, when this movie came out, I would have been 20. I would have been 21 till that August. But. But. I saw this in theaters. I distinctly remember seeing this movie in theaters. And I was like, fuck, this movie's crazy. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, oh. it's directed by Danny Boyle, who everyone loves. Yeah, everyone knows Danny Boyle. Slumdog Millionaire, 127 Hours, Train Spotting. Oh, Danny actually, Boyle. yeah, everybody does know Danny Boyle. Okay. Yeah. I count your, you're like, sarcasm. Okay. Legit. No, like, it's true. Know, My bad. Uh, it was written by Alex Garland, who we all also love, even though maybe some of you haven't heard of him. If you haven't, you need to get on that. He wrote Alex. Sunshine for Danny Boy. He wrote Dread. He wrote Never Let Me Go. He Then he wrote and directed Ex Machina and Annihilation. And all of those things are good. <laughs> all of those things are very are science fiction. Good. Very, very science fiction-y. Good. And, this is, and you're saying this is another one? Yeah, I like this movie. Um, okay. It's a pretty solid movie. Did you see it in theaters when it first came out? Yes, I just said that. Sorry, I don't listen when you talk. I was mainly trying to think of where I was in 2003 and how I can't believe that 17 years ago. 
And then I thought, man, if I had a kid then, he'd be like 17. Oh my God, I had a kid two years later. He is 14. Oh my God, sorry. Guys, we've been in quarantine a lot. It's only been eight days. Has it been eight days? Uh, my quarantine began. I've been working since last Thursday. Friday. My mine's only been going since Friday. I've left the house twice since last Friday. Um, no, three times. Once to pick up a grocery order. Once to drop my kids off at their father's house for their for his custody, and once to drop off a prescription. That's it. I have left the house as about as much as I would if there wasn't a quarantine. I didn't have to go to work. Which is very little. I haven't done shit. Not a fan of going places. The older I get, the less I want to go places. <laughs> <laughs> you come here. You so, come here. Yeah, right? Like, nah, just stay over there. Like, even if you're not sick, I don't give a shit. I, I can't wait to be here. Um, this movie stars Killian Murphy, who plays Jim. He was Scarecrow in the Nolan Batman movies, right? No idea, but all right. Did you, did you see Batman Begins? No. Or The Dark Knight? I think I saw Dark Knight Rises. He's also in Inception. Like, you're going to see him and you're going to be like, oh, no. fuck. That guy. I've seen that guy in a million things. Early in 20, early 2000s and like 20 teens. Big old blur. You know, I'm, t- I'm telling you. Thank you. You will see him and you'll be like, hey, oh, okay. I recognize that guy from something. You will recognize him from something. Okay. Uh, Naomi Harris plays Selena. She was in Moonlight and she's Money Penny in the new Bond films. Just appeared in Skyfall. I know you don't like the Bond films. I don't, it's not like I don't like them. I've never seen one. On purpose. <laughs> Hence leading to me saying you don't like them. What? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I've made a conscious choice never to see them. So you don't like them? I don't want to lose fans. Let's move on. I don't think people care that much. <laughs> uh, uh, Christopher Eccleston's in this movie. Major Ooh, I know him. Henry West, he's a nice Chris Eccleston doctor. was my first doctor. Yeah, he's also in Shallow Grave, which was directed by Danny Boyle. I know him from the Elizabeth, the Cape Blanchett movie. He's mm-hmm. in that. He's very good in that. The youngins will know him as he was Malekith, the Dark Elf from Thor the Dark World. From Thor the Dark World. Anybody else we need to look for? Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson. Who's that? He Jackie Gleeson's son. No. You're gonna, you also know Brendan Gleeson. He's another actor that you're like, fuck, he's in everything. So he's in, in Bruges, Cold Mountain. He was... Did you ever see Braveheart? I have seen Cold Mountain and I have seen Braveheart, yes. You know his best friend with the big red beard? Oh, yeah. I That's have him. seen him in everything. Yeah, he's literally in everything. He's... Pops up and you're like, oh shit, there's Brendan Gleeson again. I didn't. I never knew what his name was. Uh, I want to throw a special shout out to Anthony Dodd Mantle, who's the cinematographer on this. Why? Uh, he shot uh, the movie The Celebration in 1998. It's a Danish-Swedish co-production, and it began the Dogma 95 movement, like rule group thing. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially shoot on low end. Like, digital cameras make everything look real. Like, mm-hmm. we don't cheat. We don't use special like effects. Like we, we tell real stories about real people. And then he, along with Danny Boyle, took that look of, like, this looks like it's real mm-hmm. and made it into a horror movie. So the look of this movie is real. Oh, got like, it. This movie looks like it was shot with your camcorder in 2003 as shit was actually going down. It has a very documentary look. That's like a Clover, 27 Clover, or whatever. What is it called? Cloverfield. Okay, Cloverfield's got that, like, someone is operating the camera thing. Mm-hmm. 
this isn't that. Oh, okay. This isn't like a character who's It's more just the, the style of the, the camera, look, not the... Okay. It looks like you are just standing like five feet away from everyone watching this go down. Gotcha. So I will say before you get into this movie, just a heads up, Garland and Boyle did a lot of research into social unrest and how societies break down. Mm-hmm. Specifically looked at Rwanda and Sierra Leone to see how, hey, when the government stops working... What happens? Yeah, what happens? I'd like to know that. Uh, you're going to find out. Per- I'm about to find out in a few days. It's not great. Spoiler alert, it's not great. No, that's exciting for me. <laughs> so you said in 2003 you were how old? 2003, I was 23. Do you remember what happened in 2003, Cindy? Um, I got married and moved to North Carolina the year before that. I graduated from college. Uh, what else? I don't know. The Iraq War began. <laughs> in March 20th 17 of 2003 still there the station nightclub fire Great White was playing and that nightclub burned down and killed oh people. gosh yeah that was in 2003 uh, the human genome was oh, finally sequenced that. in 2003 and Saddam Hussein was captured that December in a bunker I remember that yep are you ready which is how everyone's gonna find us last week's episode weeks. we talked about who died that year this week's episode 2017 like no one of note has been born that we know is of note, right? Right. There are people, there's two people in particular that were born in 2003. Are you ready? No. 2003 uh. signified the birth of Greta Thunberg. Oh. And Robert Irwin. The old, oh, we're so old. <laughs> Little Robert Irwin. Remember when he was holding him and then feeding a chicken to mm-hmm. a crocodile and everyone got mad at him? And oh, to have him back. 2003 claimed the lives of Fred Rogers, Kurt, oh. Kurt Henning, otherwise known as Mr. Perfect, the wrestler, Gregory Peck, Catherine Hepburn, Barry White, Bob Hope, Charles Bronson, John Ritter, Johnny Cash, and Cindy. I need you to grip something tight. I have been this whole time. Jonathan Brandis. I don't want to talk about that. Oh, the listeners already know my tragic love with him. <laughs> New, new words. I didn't. I would not find out about that until two thousand five. New words that were put into the American lexicon that year were binge watch, which is appropriate. Oh yeah, think (laughs) that's all we've been doing. Manscaping, nice. Net neutrality, yeah. Unfriend, yeah. And muffin top. My muffin top is all that high grain low fat. Sorry, that's from Thirty Rock. Okay, this is the part of the show where Josh shows me an OG poster and I try to discern meaning about the plot. The tagline for this movie? I'm going to go ahead and say it's about an epidemic. The tagline for this movie? Your days are numbered. All right, 28 days later, uh, we're in London, reinvents the zombie horror film and it's scary as hell. Uh, No, this isn't the same movie I've seen. Good. The movie I saw... You're thinking of the Will Smith one? Nope. I'm thinking of there. Like there's a storm and the world goes cold. The beginning of the ice age. Oh, okay. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Bu- 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 bu. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Oh no, but that's what I'm thinking of. Oh well, that's a different. That's that's for natural disasters, not for pandemic. Hmm. That's what this month is. I'm gonna it's say. Got, it's got this in it. I'm gonna say a guy wakes up, or a guy maybe a guy comes out of rehab after 28 days. And, or I got a solitary or something like that. And the world has changed. Like those poor people who were 
on a cruise and then came back to this. Hey, Cindy. Hey, Josh. Are you thinking of the day after tomorrow? Yeah, I guess so. That's what I'm thinking wait. of. Okay. I didn't remember who else no, was in it. It like, took me a second. I was like, I think that's in a library. It's been, I haven't seen it. I just remember, um, I saw it originally in theaters but i was intoxicated when i saw it <laughs> uh, which is the best way to watch that movie and i doubt we'll ever do it so i'll just tell the story now yeah since you brought up the day after tomorrow when they bring up the map and they run the line across the screen and they're like everything above this point will be like encased in ice or whatever the mm-hmm. dumb shit they say the line ran through West Virginia through like the Huntington area, and we were all like, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> we made it! Woo! We're safe! <laughs> we live! <laughs> all right, well, let's go so, watch yeah. 28 Days later. later. Not 28 Days, because that's, that's a, a Sandra Bullock movie about is. rehab. It is. <gasps> that's what I know about this. Uh, a friend of mine, oh my gosh, e, I mean, again, we eons ago, and I was a wee lass of 23. Somebody rented this movie thinking it was the Sandra Bullock movie, 28 Days, because she was getting ready to do some sort of clinical research or something with rehab patients. And she was like, oh, I'll just watch this. And she's like, when do they go to rehab? What is happening? And it was this movie. That's all that I know about she that. She lucked out. This is better than that movie. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to go watch it. Do you own it on Blu-ray? It's on uh, Hulu, I think. Cool. All so. right. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. But wake up and I'm, I'm hallucinating. I've got some bad news. They're infected. Infected. Butter. Infected with what? Oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's the blood. There's something in the blood. Someone. You never go anywhere alone unless you've got no choice. Hello. Only travel during daylight, unless you've got no choice. See, this is a really shit idea. You know why? This is obviously a shit idea. We have to leave now. More will be coming. They always do. Twenty-eight days later, <laughs> we're back. Welcome to the second half of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. We've seen Twenty-eight Days Later. Have you? I feel like everybody's seen so. this movie. 
I think this was kind of like a phenomenon movie when it came out. I definitely remember hearing about it and people like talking about it. And it spawned a sequel, so... It not only spawned a sequel, this is kind of the movie that brought zombies back. Mm-hmm. Like... After this came, like, World War Z. And glut, then... I mean, there's so much between this and World War Z. I mean, The Walking Dead kind mm-hmm. of gets its huge popularity jump because... when What year did this movie come out? 2002 Two. In, in England and 2003 here. People thought this was a zombie movie. And yeah. Danny Boyle was always like, it's not zombies, they're not dead. No. Um, but... This revitalized the zombie genre. There wasn't a whole lot going on in zom- with zombies. Until this point. There like, was kind of a lull in the 80s and 90s. Well, no, there was a huge, huge Not zombie 80s, thing in the, in the 80s. 90s. And then kind of in the 90s and 2000. Like, kind of tapered away. Beginning of 2000. So was, Went to more like monsters and things like that. What well, was slashers. And yeah. The, the 90s were like. Scream. And I know what you did last summer. Yeah. You know, those, like... Final Destination. Hyper smart. Like, we know all the rules of horror movies. Yeah. Like, we're teens that hang out. Like, and then, boom, this... And then this happens. This happens. This is, um, full disclosure before we get into talking about this movie. This is my 9-11 movie. This is the movie... That I think of when I think of 9-11. Really? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um... This is just the movie you saw after that? came out. In America, a year and a half after 9 11. Mm-hmm. And it was the first movie that felt like it was dealing with 9 11. That good idea, like a catastrophic like event. The world ending, streets were empty. Yeah. Like we had just gotten into the Iraqi war when this movie came out in America. Like this movie felt like it was a, dir- it was a, term. Like a direct allegory. In a lot of ways for the terrorist attacks. So this movie is about a guy who wakes up in a hospital after a brain injury. And I guess he was in a coma for 28 days. And during that time, a virus has broken out. And it's not... How would you explain the virus? It's it's like a rage virus. Yeah. It's not quite as... It's it's not mayhem-esque. But it's... I don't know. Anyway. Like, the okay, the, I think that's a good distinction to make. Like, the virus in mayhem mm-hmm. leaves you, like, stripped of your inhibitions. Like, yeah, it's like I want to fight my boss. Yeah. I want to fuck that girl in the copier. But you still have the rational thought to say, I'm going to go fight my boss. I'm going to fuck that girl in the copier. This is more just... You this is you are primal. a... It just turns you into a gibbering... Fucking homicidal lunatic. Foamy mouth. Yeah. Um, And so it's basically the story of how he survives essentially the apocalypse and his gang of people that he wanders around with. Now, the movie that came after this was 28 months later. Is that right? 28 weeks. 28 weeks later. And then was there a third one? Mm -mm. There could be. They talked about doing a third one Mm because the second one was successful too. And it just just never panned out. And now here we are. So, I know this was, this movie was revolutionary. Like, I can't describe to you, the listener, if you're younger than me. This was one of the very first films to be released theatrically that was shot almost entirely digitally. uh, Or shot entirely digitally. Oh, was it really? This movie was shot on, like, Canon X-01s, which I've used Canon X-01. Like, that's why it had a, like... But it looks, I mean, it's super modern because that's what yeah, everybody does now. But it looks like it was shot in your backyard. Yeah. Which makes it scarier. 
I think. A little more homegrown. Uh, there's no there's no gloss to it. Mm-mm. Like it look yeah, it, it's very gritty yeah, in that sense. I, I'll quote the way I that will, it was filmed matches the overall mood of the I won't movie. I'll quote him verbatim, but I'll give you a, a rough estimation of what he said. He who so, Joe Bob Briggs. Okay. So Joe Bob Briggs talked about Texas Chainsaw Massacre being terrifying, mm-hmm. and it looked like it, it was, was made by maniacs, yes. right? It was gritty and sweaty and gross, and it looked dangerous, mm-hmm. and people were like, nah, nah. Yeah. But, and then Halloween came along, and it had all of the same terror, except it had a Hollywood sheen over it, so people were like, oh, shit, this is safe. Oh, is okay. And I think with this movie... There is no Hollywood sheen to it's make gritty, you, to yeah. trick your brain into going. Eh, it's, it's not just real. A movie. It's whatever. Like this looks like it's a documentary. Yes. Uh, and I think that's why it's so fucking effective. Um, I love this movie. What's my takeaway from this? You love this movie. This like has a special place in your heart. I. It was a good movie. It was interesting watching it during uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, but. I mean, I guess it kind of set the plot, like it set the, like you said, set the stage for how movies are done now, but it just kind of seemed like another movie to me. (laughs) I'm sorry. Are there any like special thematic elements that we're supposed to, you know, just stick out and I'm supposed to remember? Well, I mean, I think that it's worth noting that I'm not the only person that loves this movie. Oh no, like it's... Stephen King loved, loves this movie. Like, this is one of Stephen King's favorite movies. That's good. Scream King himself. <laughs> so, I just, I think when you talk about this movie, you can't not talk about the era that it came out in. I think of all of the movies we'll watch this month, mm-hmm. it, it this one's the hardest one to divorce from the time it came out in. I can remember exactly where I was on 9-11. Mm-hmm. I right? think everybody our age can. Right? I can't remember the day before. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the day after. Do you remember mm-hmm. what you're doing September 12th? Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, or September 13th or September 10th. But I remember that day in like clarity, everything I did that day. Yeah. And I can remember this movie. And I remember watching this movie in well, This theaters. movie came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I remember it, it, it had a lot of like, I don't know, I don't say triggers, but a lot of things that like flashed me back to, like, memories I had of 9-11. Okay. Of, like, seeing... The big city, the empty... The, wreckage. Yeah. And empty streets. And this, the idea of, it's a... It is a disease that makes you just wantonly hate and want to rip people to pieces. Mm-hmm. And that was something we had just lived through, like, a year and a half earlier. Yeah. So it was kind of cathartic in that way. It was like, oh, so we just are trying to survive against an enemy that you can't even reason with. And I'm not saying that, you know, Muslims are all people that can't reason but with. The, but there the is terrorists. a subset of every religion. Yes. We're talking about the terrorists specifically. There's a subset of the Buddhist religion of monks that go around with sticks and just murder people, like beat the shit out of people with sticks. Like anyone can twist a religion to be as awful as they want it to be. And you can't reason with those people. Right. And you can't reason with these... These zombies. And they're fucking fast. They are. Like, oh, that's a, the movement. I don't like that. You know I don't like that. And he had, like, all of the people that portrayed... He is the director? Yeah. All the people that portrayed, like, the rage patient people, the zombies, mm-hmm. if you will, yeah. were athletes. 
and dancers. That he so just they, could, could make them move fast. They moved better than the actors in spaces. Yeah, because their body is their instrument sort of a yeah. thing. And also, what do you think the happiest scene of this movie is? Um, oh, I don't know. Do you think it's they find that place and they're camping and then they're having like the moment where they're like, oh, we're like a family. They have that family realization. Yeah, but... That I guess that is the happy. It just it's kind of tainted because of what happens at the, you know at the yeah, end. Yeah, but that scene yeah was shot on nine eleven proper because this movie was being shot during oh, wow wow. So they talked about like having to be that happy and upbeat. It's like the only time in the movie we're gonna be happy and upbeat. Yeah, and the world around off camera them the they were aware that like nine eleven had just happened. Wow, that's some good like, acting. So, and they had to just. You know, we all have this location for yeah. the day. Let's Let we smile and nod, guys. So this isn't this is a movie that weirdly has a lot to do with nine eleven, but wasn't written as a result of like it was already in production. It mm-hmm. was already being shot when nine eleven happened. Gotcha. It actually got pushed. The release date got pushed back because of it. Because people were like, "Oh, we can't." Release <laughs> uh, maybe not. Right like, now. do you remember the Arnold movie Collateral Damage? Yeah. That where he goes to South America and mm-hmm. fights those terrorists for blowing up the building mm-hmm. and, and killing people. That shit was supposed to come out like a couple weeks after 9-11 oh, happened. Wow. And they were like, mm-hmm. <laughs> push, push it back, push it back. Like, let's push that back. So does this movie follow the Arkov formula, you think? Mm-hmm. You want to explain to the people what the Arkov formula is, Josh? I will, but I don't think it does. Um, so the Arkov formula or Arkov method is based on Every time we say method, I think of the rhythm method. I'm like, Lizzie Arkoff, who is a exploitation producer who Mm -hmm. worked with like Roger Corman a lot. Um, He's what you think of when you think of a small, balding, cigar chewing (laughs) producer (laughs) slamming his fist on a table, going, God, you son of a bitch. Money, bottom line. That was was Sam Arkoff. And so his method was based, it was an acronym based on his name that. And a really successful movie will have all these elements. They'll have A, action. Yes. Yeah, tons of action. Very actiony. R, it's revel- very, okay, it's not even just action. Mm-hmm. There's action. It's movies are kinetic. It it's moves very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You feel... Like at no point do you get like bored with it. No, no, no. Revolutionary? Yes. It really did change the way movies... It looks like any other movie now. But if you were to compare this movie to... I don't know. It's another movie that came out. Like, White Chicks. Like, I'm just... But do you know what I mean? Like, it's set up different. It's shot the, different. the last movie I thought would ever be name-checked? White Chicks? And uh, this- well, this movie was based on, like, the Dogma 95 method of, like, you know, shot, shoot like a documentary. Like, all naturalistic. Yeah. All no, like, we're not bringing in a bunch of lights. We're just running and gunning. Uh, Killing. Yes, a lot of killing. Right off the bat. O or Tori. Are there any memorable lines? I think all of the best lines go to Eccleston. Uh, maybe. I mean, there's none that, like, really pop as, like, oh, my God, that's I'm picturing him wandering the the mansion and whatnot, but I don't remember what he says. I mean, it's, like, very naturalistic dialogue. Yeah, well, because it's Eccleston. He's... uh, Just in general, like, this movie's... Yeah, it is. Like, you know, it's not written to be Apocalypse Now, where it's just people dropping soliloquies and... The, the two Fs stand for fantasy and fornication. Uh, fantasy, yes. Yeah. Fornication. He's naked in the beginning. I mean, there is do, there's wiener in this. Um, um, there is fornication in the gross way. Oh, like where they're going like, to 
uh, so rape them. So another tried and true trope of like zombie post-apocalyptic movies is? They're going to repopulate the earth? No one is as shitty, no monster is as shitty as other humans are. That's true. Like. <laughs> We're going to need you to repopulate the earth here. Wear this dead lady's outfit. Like, you're talking about a movie where two-thirds of it, the villains are these rage machine mm-hmm. people that are possessed by and this the virus. And the last third, it's a cold, calculated... It's the military. Yeah. It's very heart of darkness. The military who is supposed to protect us yeah. is like, hey, um, so they're getting a little stir-crazy, and I promised them I would let them like, run a you. train on uh, yeah. this like, teenage girl and your lady friend. And if you want to be in on that, you're cool with it. We're okay. He even is like, yeah, if you you're want fine. In on that, like we're cool. But if not, we're gonna have to kill you because we are gonna do this. This is going to happen. And then the end of the movie, he actually sides with the rage people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killing Murphy does and sets them loose in the mansion. This movie's a little class warfare, eh? A little bit. <laughs> it's every British little, movie. Uh, well, it's yeah, very class warfare based. So. But I mean, the idea of like siding with the monster mm-hmm. against the larger monster, which is the establishment and the military. They they they, they become allies at the end. The one that they have trained, that they have chained up, that they're gonna watch yeah. die. Like unintentional allies. They're not like. Oh well, yeah, but I just mean buddies, like they're kind of they have the same goal. The enemy of your enemy, that sort of thing. Exactly. Uh, it's so weird though. Like that is such a that is a very true trope that you see all the way through these movies like a the lot enemy of, of my enemy is my friend thing just these like zombie movies i don't mm-hmm. really like call this movie zombie movie but we'll will for this episode like that's a romero thing like all of this grows out of george romero right like without the idea him, of like the corpses and the the walking de- almost like thriller yeah and, and the idea that the majority of the planet could die and then rise from their graves and they still would not be as shitty and horrible as the remaining people are. Exactly. That's a George Romero. Like, Night of the Living Dead, spoiler alert, like, they're trapped in a house with a black guy, and then outside there are zombies, and inside there are people just like, I'll be trapped in here with this fucking black guy. Like, people uh, are inherently worse than the monster. Than the monster that they're worried about. Anything noteworthy or mentionable in this? Did this movie win anything for being other than like MTV movie? I mean, awards? it doesn't obviously win any Oscars or anything. But it, I mean, um, it's a decent movie. No, it's, it's a solid movie. I, I do really enjoy it. It takes twists that I didn't expect it to, turn, to take. You, you don't think it's going to become like a crazy survival horror? Like, yes. You don't think that the I didn't military know the is going to be the bad guys? Right. You really grow it. I, I personally really grew attached to Brendan Gleeson. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes, I'm just like, son of a Dang. bitch. Like, yeah. Um, that hospital in the beginning is actually a hospital that is only open through the week, and they hire it out on the weekends to shoot to shoot movie. TV shows. Gosh, to live in it's London. It's like a training hospital. Yeah. We talked about how desolate the roads and stuff are. The police would close the roads at like 4 a.m., and they keep them closed for an hour uh, for all the London scenes. And then <laughs> You on get the, one hour. The motorway, their interstate, they, they shot on a Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. All of the traveling yeah. shots on the So interstate. you don't get the... You're not disrupting traffic too yeah, much. Yeah, uh, police held traffic. You're still some country guy really pissed off at this movie. And they, they used 10 uh, cameras to shoot that sequence. They just lined the cameras up and shoot. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. That's interesting. 
Yeah. Living in the the turn of living in the digital age. So, Killian Murphy, who is the star of this movie, and this was his big breakout. Yeah. He was not supposed to be the star of this movie. Who was originally cast? Um, up until this point, basically every movie that uh, the director had done starred Ian McGregor, and they had a big falling out. Oh. Yeah. And so Over, you were, Ian McGregor was supposed to play Well, the he lead? was supposed to be the lead of The Beach, and then they had a big fight over that, and then he was supposed to be the lead of this. And The Beach? The this. Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. movie? Yeah. Okay. Um, so this was originally supposed to star Ian McGregor, and then when they had a falling out, it was supposed to be Ryan Gosling. Ooh. And then Kelly Murphy happened after that. I think Gosling had something He wasn't there yet. He wasn't the gritty Ryan Gosling that we know. He was still notebook Ryan Gosling. I'll take Ryan Gosling over again. Yeah, I know that's right, baby. One of my favorite actors. Self high five. Um, Yeah, so the rage symptoms we talked about, the eyes, you get like a primate kind of yellow eye thing going on. Yeah. The blood transmission, like how it's transmitted by blood. Right. Like you have to get the blood or a bite or whatever. All that was based on Ebola, which if you remember how big Ebola was... In it was pretty devastating, 90s, not in our area. They actually blew that gas station up. <laughs> Again, one take. Yeah, they filled. Uh, they filed the paperwork to destroy the Canary Wharf petrol station, and the police didn't know about it. Oh, like they were supposed to have been alerted, not by the film crew, by like the city was supposed to let them know, and they didn't. But they didn't. So when it blew up, a little bit um, of concern, eh? Yeah, they all showed up, and it was a big to do. So and, they, at the front half we talked about how this movie was filmed, and I saw that it sounded like a long time, but you're like, actually, you know, or I said, oh, that's short, and you said, actually, that's a long time um, nowadays. It, it is a lot of one hour done, one hour, like having to cut and jump pla- jump places because of the location of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason it took so long. Uh, a couple things from the script that I think you'll be interested in. What's that? So Selena... The, the female lead? Yes. So her backstory was she killed her parents to save her brother. And then after she saved her brother, realized that he was infected and had to kill him too. Yes. Which is why she was so like, uh, you know, fuck him, kill them all. Yeah. Jim died. Mm-hmm. Like, Killing Murphy died in the original script. Oh. And they, I think they even shot, no, I know for a fact they even shot that ending. And it didn't where, test well. And people were like, bro. <laughs> you gotta give us something. This movie's bleak as fuck. Please. Uh, and then they thought it worked better leaving it in. So they ended up leaving you know, him alive. So they ended up going back and doing that and putting that ending in. And Frank Scotch that he picks up at the grocery store that he's like talking about. Remember he's grabbing all those bottles? Oh, yeah. Okay. That was like a Volan. Oh. Ron Swanson's favorite Scotch. <laughs> Just for anyone out there that likes Parks and Rec, that's Ron Swanson's that's favorite favorite. That's his favorite. Aww. So... What's next week's episode as we continue Isolation Month? Uh, well, it would be the end of the month, right? Ooh, I believe so. So we're going to end. We started with a virus spread oh, by monkeys. Yeah. And we're going to continue with that theme somewhere out there. Someone this is isn't Isolation screaming. Month. This is still Pandemic Month. Oh, my God. I know what they're going to say. So 12 monkeys. 12 monkeys. 12 monkeys. 12 monkeys. So That was shot in Philadelphia. It was. Okay. Well, until next week then, dear. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. And I love this movie.